are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio. You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews. Untie him. He's one of us. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. gathers and now my watch begins welcome to the throne room the unofficial game of thrones podcast a poppychularadio.com and itunes exclusive poppychular radio pop culture on demand today is wednesday august 9th 2017 and i am your host Brittany garcia lord commander of this particular night's watch during tonight's broadcast we're going to recap review and dissect the latest episode of the hit hbo series game of thrones Please welcome my co-host, Aura Careño. Hello, everybody. Clay B. Hey, I miss you guys. This is this is a big one. We're gonna get we're gonna get pretty fucking deep here right off the bag. And Priscilla Rocha. Hey, Lord Commander. Hey, everybody. So. I like her greet the best because she adjusts me <laughs> properly. Well, all my other peasants were just like, yo, what's up? I gotta remember the titles. I'm like Davos. I'm just really bad with that stuff, you guys. I'm sorry. This is Brittany. She's not coming. <laughs> and, and stuff. Full stop. <laughs> okay. Let's jump into our recap of Season 7, Episode 4. Titled The Spoils of War. And aired August 6, 2017. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Aya returns to Winterfell where she is reunited with Sansa and Bran. In King's Landing, Cersei promises the Iron Bank a, a full return on their investment as a loot train from Highgarden is soon to arrive. At Dragonstone, Jon brings Daenerys to the Dragonglass Mine where he shows an ancient cave with paintings depicting that the First Men and the Children of the Forest joined forces against the undead. As Jamie and the Lannister men head back to King's Landing, they are attacked by Daenerys, the Dothraki army, and Drogon. Okay. I feel like that was a really small summary for the action-packed episode we got. But then again, I feel like there's no way to predict how these episodes are going to be. But I feel like we got a pattern, guys. It's season 7, only yeah. 7 episodes, but something amazing and epic is happening in every episode. But... I feel like they're holding a different kind of feeling. Like we're getting like last week I felt was twists and turns and emotion. And here it was the same thing, but like in a different way. Like I don't know how to explain it. Maybe you guys will be able to explain it better, but I gave a gold coin last week to the episode because emotionally it got me and there's twists and turns I didn't expect. 
And here, I feel the same thing, but I, I, I think in a more shocked way. And I think the way the episode ends portrays that very well, especially with the last shot we get, and then we don't get any music. I feel like so that ambiguous. was yes. I feel like everyone kind of felt that. I don't think any music could have justified the episode we just saw. So, guys, what was your initial reaction to this episode? I need to know because I am dying to talk to people that are just as obsessed as I am with the show. And well, <laughs> lucky you. You came I know. to the right place. <laughs> Go ahead, Clay, and tell us what you thought about this episode. Um, this fuck, or this episode <laughs> was... I was blown away. I was glued to my television in a way that I could not think of something in recent memory for me. Um, and this may kind of give you a spoiler alert about what I'm going to be rating this later. This was my favorite episode of Game of Thrones um, of the series. This really, really stood out to me. Uh, it was also to note the shortest in history. So, so many different remarkable things. So many really heartfelt reunions. They gave us what we wanted. I had a little bit more little finger than I would have, you know, cared for. But, you know, you got to take your, your punches where you can get them. But all in all, fantastic episode. I am so excited to talk about this. We've got to dive deep. Yes, but I'm getting the impression from you that the shorter the episode, the better. I mean, what are you trying to say, Clay? The less Game of Thrones, the better. So are you happy about the no, no, six no, no. episodes next season? I will take my thrones where I can get it, you know, <laughs> extras, you know. I literally, and this is because of you, Brittany, in an earlier episode of this podcast, you brought up, like, a Reddit theory, and I literally was exposed to, like, the depths of Reddit as a result <laughs> of that. So I have you to thank for that. So, th oh. so thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. I mean, when people are bored, just go to Reddit and read stuff, you know, it's just there's yeah. a lot of interesting things that you may not pick up on. Um, and hopefully we'll get into some of that for this episode. Aura, mm -hmm. were you just as blown away or were you like, nah, nah? Oh, I <laughs> was blown away. I was. Um, this episode played like fan fiction to me. It was just from beginning to end. It was amazing. <laughs> it was probably the most satisfactory yeah, satisfactory uh, wow. Satisfactory? That I don't... I'm thinking in my head. I was going to jump... Satisfactory? I mean, I don't know. Is it, yeah, whatever. Yeah, we, get, we get what you're saying. We get what yeah, you're saying, Yeah, we get the girl. Discord. We got, anyway, you. we got you. It was probably the most satisfactory <laughs> episode I've ever watched <laughs> of Game of Thrones ever. It was just everything I wanted. I got it on this episode. It was amazing. I loved it. I love your use of the word satisfactory because, like, that's what I had in PE for, like, all of my elementary. Um, <laughs> oh, so, yeah, no, I think I agree with you. Um, I think we all came out super satisfied. Um, I think this episode gave us a lot of things that we didn't know we wanted. Like, I, I'm going to mention some of those. And I'm pretty sure all of you, all of you are going to go nuts when I talk about that. Um, Priscilla, were you satisfied with this episode or...? beyond satisfied this oh, was like shit. Going this, was, beyond. this was like tip top like everything about this like there wasn't a moment where i was like should i look down at my phone like you you know when when game of thrones has moments like, like those kidding. <laughs> <laughs> or anything related to dorn yeah. yeah but like now now that the stakes are like high everything like counts like and i spent so much time like it felt like forever 
nail-biting moments at the end wondering who's gonna die what's gonna happen you can't leave me like this and the show leaves me like this it does me dirty that way but i love it anyway <laughs> whatever oh my god i love this and you know aura mentioned that this was like a fan uh a fan fiction of an episode yes. which is interesting because in a lot of the the things i read about fans reacting to other tv shows the way they um, negatively review, like, an episode or a series or something, they'll always say, like, man, this episode was nothing but fanfic, you know, like, fangirls wrote this or whatever, and it's more of a negative thing, but I feel like I agree with her in that it was a lot of the things I wanted, that, and it was so good, and I was really happy with the way the entire episode played out and we're gonna get into some more stuff i i i get the feeling all of you agree with me um but i am gonna mention some stuff later that maybe might change your mind or we're all i can think of a couple things related to daenerys and john and i have a feeling i know what some of your favorite scenes might be Brittany. i have an inclination (laughs) well no i was actually gonna talk about the big battle and some of the casualties or non-casualties we didn't get and that that angered some of the or not angered the community, but they actually had a lot to say about how they wish some other things would have happened than what we got. So we'll talk about that. We'll get into it. Um, but before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of Game of Thrones, here's our announcer with a few special announcements. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula radio podcasters discussing some of your favorite television shows. Visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts for a complete list of all the podcasts that we produce. You will get up-to-date information on whether the podcast is currently releasing new episodes or if it's on hiatus. You will also be able to click a link to either take you to iTunes or the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download the podcast. To binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasts visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts. Would you like to be one of the podcasters on this podcast discussing your favorite television show? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. We are always looking for new voices to add to our collection of podcasts. To become a co-host you must be at least 18 years old. You must be comfortable sharing your opinions. And you must be comfortable using Skype. There's no podcast experience required. So if you think you have what it takes to be a Poppy Chula Radio on-air personality, email talent at poppychularadio.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This is a Poppy Chula Radio special announcement. Poppychularadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash Radio and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo Radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. Thanks, announcer. So, let's get into it, guys. And I'm going to start with my favorite uh, place on the map, which is Winterfell. And yes, because it is extra gloomy, 
Uh, that is why it's my favorite place. But I feel like there's really nothing to be gloomy about as of now because uh, we got Aya coming in on this episode. I feel like that's the pattern here, that when we have characters far away from where they're supposed to be, it's going to take one episode of travel that we don't see them, and then they're going to appear. So I have a feeling yeah. we're going to see Jorah next episode, guys, who's with me on that one. <laughs> Ooh, yes, I hadn't even considered please. that. I hope so, yeah. I hope so. That's we good. Can do that cause, and I'm okay with that because I don't need to see them traveling there. I mean, we saw a little bit of Arya uh, traveling from the phrase to Winterfell and I think a lot of her scenes were very meaningful. So I'm really yeah. glad we got here and I'm not going to lie when she gets there. I'm a little annoyed at these two idiots that won't let her in but it's, <laughs> but it's definitely mirroring what happened in season one when she gets lost or not lost but she's playing around in king's landing and she comes oh, yeah. back and she's all dirty and the the lannister men are like uh you're not you know you're not Arya stark whatever but she you is ragamuffin go yeah. ahead go fence somewhere else <laughs> Like, I feel like that's offensive to some group somewhere. I bet you that's like a slur for some to a ragamuffin. It just sounds bad. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, I, and I love that she's here and she, she looks a lot like Ned. I mean, if you really look at it, her hair and the way she's presenting herself, there's a lot of Ned in her. Same thing I would say oh, yeah. with John. So I'm... But I'm not surprised that these guys don't know how she would look or how she even looked. I mean, there's no pictures here. I mean, there's hardly even any paintings, so I understood, but I felt like it dragged so long, and with Arya's history of getting so close to her family, I was like, are we not going to get this until, like, the end of the episode? But, um, we get it. She reunites with Sansa in probably one of the most beautiful reunions I've ever seen in the weirdest place, but it was so fitting. And then there was a reunion with Bran, and then to end the Winterfell stuff, we get an Arya versus Brienne stuff. I mean, Brienne stuff. Brienne sparring, fight, something. I mean, I don't know. Guys, I can explain every scene to you, but I want to know what you guys thought. What was your favorite scene? Um, what do you think some of this stuff means? Especially we get Littlefinger and Bran too, which is probably one of the first things we see. And we also get Mira leaving. There's a, little, a lot of little things that happen here. Um, so I need to know, like, guys, what did you think of the Winterfell stuff, and were you okay with it? Did you not like it? And I'll start with you, Priscilla. Man, Bren is cold, and I, is it weird that I love it? Because Mira's like, he is it because you're cold and died and for you. <laughs> <laughs> Bran is dead inside, you guys. Dude, he died in that cave. They kept saying cold, it. dead he eyes. <laughs> he, he's like, and you can't even say thank you? I'm sorry, I said goodbye. Was I supposed to say thank you? Like, <laughs> oh my god. It, it's, he's so cold. <laughs> I love it. And I guess, like, a, a small part of me is like, well, if Mira's not with him, maybe she'll actually, like, survive this entire, like, battle, like, that's forthcoming. So, you know what? I'm I'm fine with it. I'm fine. Whatever. Let let, let him be a sullen, three-eyed raven to someone else. Yeah. But, um, I, I liked that scene. The, the, I, and I loved the, the, the battle. Even though, like, I get that there's a lot of people that are like, she's got a small sword. How is Bri how is Brienne with like all of her strength not like overpowering this little girl? Like but you just have to like kinda hand wave and be like, Does it look cool? Yes. Is she a water dancer? Like it is 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 that like her 
her new like skill set that she learned somehow? Yes. Okay, then shut up. It's cool. It looks cool. <laughs> Just watch it. <laughs> it's like, not the first I love time that. It's like see... stop pulling threads. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the first time we see a bigger uh, person versus like a smaller, faster person. I mean, it was the mountain versus the viper. I mean, we we've seen this before, and I really liked that it ended up being a uh, a draw at the end, and it was really really cool to watch. Very very tense, I think. Man, I'm hoping that they melt down that, like, that little dagger and make it, like, add it to Needle so she has, like, something to, like, smack the shit out of the the, the winter zombies or whatever the f- I forgot what they're called. But, like, <laughs> I- Let's just go with winter zombies. Winter zombies, I like that one. <laughs> winter is coming, the I love them zombies. much more. <laughs> sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, but if she has something to face the White Walkers and not have to be in close combat for it, like I would, I would be much more enthused for what's to come. But other than that, like, did it? I I wanted to ask this specifically to you guys though. When Sansa was watching like Brienne and Arya fight, and then she left, what did you all get from that scene? Because I I was so confused confused by it i was like are you jealous are you just sad that that everybody else has like changed and you really haven't like is that what you're feeling like i i was very confused by that scene uh it was really difficult to read sansa's reaction to this like we were saying when you and i i couldn't figure it out either i was just as puzzled as you were Priscilla. i was like what i i don't get it for me and i think my gut or, or my just like you know visceral reaction to that would like that's your sister and she's down there kicking ass like why aren't you celebrating her and like high-fiving her afterwards and like handing her a pint of ale or something cool like that Instead, she gave this... It was it was very, very hard to read. I feel like that scene was intentionally ambiguous. Because also, uh, Littlefinger's expressions during that. You know, you can see you know him working at a mile a minute. I, I couldn't read it. I'm interested to, to see what uh, Brittany and Otta have to say about it. You can yeah. go ahead, Otta. Yeah, I thought it was really confusing, too. Like, Littlefinger, he's such a little snake. Like... Uh, I hated that he was, like, there just watching Arya. I just hope that she, like, kills him with that dagger. That would be poetic. Um, <laughs> she but... was staring him down, though. She was like, come at me, bro. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> hope he does. Um, no, but, yeah, I was really confused, too. Like, um, at first, I thought that she was jealous that that her sister could do all of this stuff or... And then I thought maybe she's just sad that like her little sister um, had to go through all that stuff. But we also like I also I kept thinking about it. But we also have to like remember that they've never really gotten along. Like even as kids, they never got along, and um, they they haven't had like you know the closest relationship um, as sisters. So, I don't know. I I hope that it's just her being sad and not that she's actually jealous or that something's going to happen. But I feel like they keep teasing us with, like, Sansa doing something <laughs> that nobody, <laughs> nobody wants her to do. Like, some, like, yeah. coming treason or something like that. And so far it hasn't happened. So, I hope it's just a tease and not an actual thing that's going to happen. 
Yeah, so I was with you guys. I was kind of like trying to read the situation and what what Sansa was feeling and you know me being a Sansa stan and reading a lot into what she's been doing in her arc as a character. I feel like it is supposed to be purposely ambiguous. I think we're all supposed to second guess Sansa because Littlefinger's still around. I mean, they did this, what, at the end of last season when the King of the North speech happened and you see her smiling at the fact that John is getting recognized. She supports it, but then she looks at Littlefinger and everyone, everyone was, like, looking into that, that, um, yeah. that stare-off that they had, like, oh, my God, what does that mean? Oh, my God, she's going to go against John. Oh, my God. Uh, but all we've gone so far is just that they, they're learning how to work together. And But at the end of the day, John still trusts her the most and puts her in charge. And we've seen the past episode. She's doing well. She's doing it on her own. Littlefinger's not really doing anything. It doesn't look like he has any influence. He's just kind of hanging around and not really doing anything. But as we see her reunion with Arya, which is really, really sweet, and they, I, I, I think it, what makes it even sweeter is the fact that Arya hugs her a second time when they're talking. Um, right. Like you, like you were saying, Aura, they've never been so close, but in, the, in that reunion scene, Arya's the one that closes in for a second hug, and I feel like that, that speaks volumes about where they are now as sisters, and even if they don't have the strong bond that they were supposed to have as kids, I think it's going to be really strong right now because of their journeys and because they're so different, and Arya used to be like a little like a little rebel, you know, I feel like yeah. as bad as this sounds, but her becoming an assassin has kind of disciplined her in, in, a, in a way where she can look at her sister and be like, you know, this suits you, and I'm proud of you. And I know we've been through a lot and I'm here, you know, like it just it's just really cool to see that they've gotten here. Um, but also what we've noticed with Arya in her journey is that every time she's talking about killing people, nobody really believes her. They kind of laugh it off. They really don't I care. I love that. It's so you know? she just deadpans like, yeah, I'm just going to I'm going to murk makes, these dudes. But it what makes about? sense because she, she's like ten, like 11 or 12 right now or like maybe 13. Like. I really don't know the ages right now. All I know is like where they started. I just don't know where they are right now. But right. it's just hard to believe. It's, it's not that Sansa doesn't believe that Arya could become a great fighter. It's just holy crap. Like she wasn't kidding. And then about killing people. It's just it's kind of a lot to take in. Especially with uh, Bran also. Bran freaking her out last week. And look at the way he doesn't freak out Arya. He just says I know your list. <laughs> That's all he says. And it's like, oh, okay, confirmed. Perfect. Like, and she immediately buys it. She needs no convincing. She's seen, you know, the House of Black and White. She's seen the faceless men. She yeah. has experienced that part of Game of Thrones that for Sansa, for all intents and purposes, she hasn't. Uh, her involvement, the monsters that she's dealt with uh, have been mostly human. Um, so she hasn't really had to, you know, and she believes John, obviously, but she hasn't been confronted with that. So it... it, it Arya's reaction immediately is just like uh, she gets What's it, and he fun? says the yeah. thing with the <laughs> the list. But one thing that I loved is that his reaction to seeing Arya, and I think you know all of these Stark reunions, we are about them, we love them, I'm here for them, they are rewarding. We've waited seven years. He sees Arya and is like, "You came home, period." Like that, <laughs> just very like matter of fact, like. And it ties back to what we discussed last week about the gurufication of. Brand and him becoming less and less of a person and more and more it seems like of either this entity idea I don't even know how to describe um, what's going on with him but really quickly I wanted to talk about that scene with Arya and Brienne 
This is one of my favorite scenes I've ever seen on television. It was so rewarding. It was charming and perfect. The dialogue was just, oh my goodness. I fanboyed for this so much. When Arya um, was first approached by Rianne, I was one of those people on their couch like, go with her. Just come on. What we could have had. I know. Like, can you imagine Brienne, Podrick, and Arya on the, oh my God. Adventures. Spinoff people, if you're listening to this, work it out. Buddy cop across the country. It was perfect. I have no complaints about that scene. It was so, so, so satisfying. Very few experiences on TV have given me that amount of gratification as that scene. I loved it. Yeah, I, I loved it too. And probably that was one of the things I was talking about earlier that I said, the thing, a scene that I wanted that I, or a scene I never knew I wanted until I got it. Like, I would have never really said, like, on my list of things that I want to see or whatever would have been Brienne and Arya sparring, but we got it. And it kind of makes sense of the, of the timing because Arya's already a trained assassin. She knows a lot of stuff. So she knows, or to her, you know, knowledge is that she knows that Brienne killed the Hound or defeated yeah. the Hound. So she wants to be taken under her wing, uh, her wing so she could learn to fight and... It's just, it looked like Brienne just, like, wanted to adopt her, like, right then and there. Like, she was just so impressed. <laughs> and uh, to carry that to Sansa's reaction, I don't think Sansa uh, was, like, angry about that or that she's jealous. I mean, she could be a little insecure, but I think more it was, like, of the shock. Like, I think it was a buildup to where Arya was talking about her list the very first time they uh, had the reunion. And then Bran mentions the list. And then she also asked her, well, who else is on your list? And she's like, well, they're all dead already. And this was the actual (laughs) display of who Arya is now. And I think it just kind of shocked her, like, holy crap. You know, like, it's it's pretty crazy. They're a bunch of freaks. Yeah. (laughs) Right? They're literally the X-Men. Like, Bran is 100% Professor X. There's no doubt about it. At least Professor X has empathy and feeling yeah, i don't know no. what the fuck bran is like, i take that back he's like uh i don't even know i can't even think of <laughs> another comparison but it, he that's so sad you compared them because they're cripples that's not <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> i that's compared the them they're just so happen to be wheelchair bound that's coincidental okay <laughs> oh my god Oh you made god. that connection mine was you innocent. did you said it first You're like he's professor xavier oh sure Okay. All he needed to do is just, like, uh, what was it, shave off his hair. But I don't think that's why, since it's really cold, and I think he needs to warm his head. But, um... Uh, giving the White Walkers an, uh, an easy shot to the dome. Yeah. Seriously. Um, I just... Can can I say, I'm super happy that they brought up the whole Chaos is a Ladder line again. It's a ladder. Uh, I can't oh, talk yes. like him. I didn't understand it at first, and I was like, what? What is this? So I went straight into Google afterwards, like, Chaos is a Ladder, what is this from? And it yeah. linked me right to, like, the YouTube, like, one where he's like, Chaos isn't isn't a pit. Chaos is a ladder with people. And I'm like, oh, shit. He, oh. he saw you. He saw you back then. You should be scared, Peter. You, you should what? be scared. That was the first time I saw totally Little Finger tr- freak out. His eye twitch. Right. Like. I loved it. Like, guys, I'm pretty sure this should have solidified that Littlefinger's fucking done. Like, I think he underestimated how many Starks are alive and how soon they were going to reunite, which is, like, the audience as well. And I think this will definitely cut into his plans. Because you know that when he was talking to Bran and giving him the dagger, that was him trying to, like, 
weasel his way into Bran's good graces. But again, he doesn't understand the fantasy aspect that we do. So right. he he really thinks that he can convince Bran to be Lord and everything or whatever. But Bran's not going to do that. And Sansa's not going to listen to him. Arya probably already freaking hates him. John hates him. Like, he is out. I think yes. I don't think so. I'm gonna. Res- I think that both Varys and Le- well, maybe not so much Varys anymore. He has been in previous episodes very. We we have a very clear idea of where his head and his heart lie in terms of Daenerys. At least we think we do. Um, in terms of Littlefinger, though, I just don't buy. I don't see this character who arguably, you know, started the War of the Five Kings. And even brings us up to Bran and a, a nonchalant because he doesn't. Bran is an enigma to Littlefinger. He doesn't understand that. He's so motivated by worldly things, and Bran has no agenda outside of you know, being the three-eyed raven. But he, I think he's gonna surprise us all. I think Littlefinger is going to sucker punch the audience. I think that there is some kind of whether it's in the final acts of this season or next season, I just don't see him adjusting to the role of just well, uh my title is that I pledge to House Stark. Nothing about his character to me, it's like I think his ambition is his defining character trait. And what we've seen him doing is tread longer for more than I've ever think I've seen his character, you know, kind of stay in one spot. So I I don't I feel like we're just gonna get bitch slapped by some little finger BS at one point. So I don't know. We'll see though. We'll see. When it happens or if it doesn't happen, um We'll, we'll see on here, Brittany. If, I, if I'm wrong, I'll buy you a latte or something. I'll ship Woo, you one. I'll take Woo. it. I mean, it's just like how, I, how I've explained is that he it doesn't look like he fits into this world anymore. Like, maybe mm. he could survive and nothing will happen to him and he'll still be here after the long night's done and then go back to what he's always been doing. But I feel like if any of them ever find out, anyone like in Winterfell finds out what he did to Ned Stark in the first season, like he, there's nothing that can save him. And uh, I think that guy in the veil, I keep forgetting his name, um, doesn't even like him. Not Lord Rob or not uh, Sweet Robin, but the other guy. Uh, I keep forgetting his name. I forget his name too. But he's he's always calling. He doesn't like Littlefinger. He listens to him and stuff because he's Lord of the Veil. But he doesn't like him. And I feel like the moment he they find out what Littlefinger's done, um, I think he's just. I think he's gone. And this could be said too. This could be just for the show. Maybe in the books. He has a totally different role, and he'll maybe he'll survive. But I feel like in the show, they're legit cutting off the people that don't fit into the fantasy aspect. And Sansa, I would I would also say too that she, it doesn't look like she fits into that part that we're that we're all going to with the White Walkers and stuff. But she did see the giant, so that that way she does know there is some fantasy to, um, the world she lives in. I mean, that's the closest thing I can I can give her. Until, like, she starts to see dragons. But I think uh, seeing giants, which is something that people laughed at for John. You know, oh, my God, giants, really? Like, what the hell? Like, that's not even... What was it? Grumpkins and snarks? Yeah, and and then what happened? They had the big battle at... uh, At the Night's Watch place. And what happened? Well, there was giants there. So, I mean, it's it's happening. And uh, I think Sansa's a believer. But I feel like she just wants to get rid of Cersei first. But, um... Yeah, I have so a really quick question for you ahead. guys about this. I'm curious. Um, in Bran, his kind of he's very matter of fact. We've talked about, you know, how he's getting more and more kind of this, I don't know, enlightenment, whatever you want to call it, the the frame of mind that he's making. 
I wondered if his chaos is a ladder statement will come back to haunt him in the future. Because Littlefinger literally in an episode before this said, fight every battle, consider everybody, everybody's my enemy, everybody's my friend. The fact that Bran was able to quote him to him, he, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see if Bran might have to pay a price for that. What it actually reminded me of is season one, Ned and Cersei in the court when he's like your brother or your lover and he busts, he just basically shows his entire hand and then episodes later he loses his head for it. Do you guys think there are going to be repercussions of that, you know, uh, Littlefinger being more aware, maybe not knowing completely what Bran is, but having an idea that Bran is different and that there's something there? Do you think that'll have a consequence? Man, I think he's is is it sad to say I think he's got plot armor until John finds out about like yeah. his parentage. I agree. Like he needs to find out he needs to find out from somebody and the only person in anywhere that can tell him is like his little brother. So it's it until they until John gets to talk to him, like that he's fine. He's gonna be okay. Yeah, I think uh, I think Brando over here three eyed. I don't even want to call him Brand anymore because I feel like this episode established that he is not Brand Brandon Stark anymore. He even says it too. Like I remember what it's like to be Brand Stark, but that's not who I am anymore. I'm three eyed Raven, so I feel like I don't even want to call him that anymore. Um, right. What do you think, Adam? I feel disconnected from him. Um, I also I kind of think the same way Priscilla does because, um. Really, like, I just don't see Bran dying or, like, being in danger or anything by Littlefinger. He also, like, knows everything, right? He can see everything, so, I don't know. I feel like that would be... I just... I don't know. I, He's probably hard to sneak up on, I'd imagine. Yeah, probably. He's gonna work <laughs> into like, Littlefinger. I'm just kidding. Gonna, Jump off the cliff. If we're gonna see Bran die, it would be, like by a white walker or something like that i feel like that would be the perfect way of him to go i just don't see it happening like um any other way if that makes sense yeah it, it would be an end of an era like the, an end of like the magic of the the little like, tree people and the and the, <laughs> the children of course yeah, like all of that. <laughs> I love your names tonight, Priscilla. <laughs> Winter zombies, tree people. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> we, we know what you're talking about, Tinia. <laughs> oh but yeah, like it would it would be the end of that sort of magic of that era because there's nobody to pass that information down to. Yeah. There's there's no one left. Okay. That would be a, a great loss. And now that I think about it, I don't necessarily think that Bran is going to die at the hands of Littlefinger. I just think that the fact that Littlefinger is now aware of Bran, I, I just don't see him just leaving that alone. Um, it, Bran is such a mystery to him. For somebody whose like, soul, you know, uh, their defining characteristic is their drive and ambition and brand doesn't have any of that so I'm, I'm interested even if they just have dialogue between these two characters they are so diametrically opposed i would just love to just uh but again here i am asking for more dialogue and people <laughs> are probably like no show us more action but i, I would love to to if that scene was a little bit longer but it, it was perfect what did you guys feel about the the exit of mira she was pretty much like okay <laughs> i'll fucking leave are you serious it was, ugh. 
Yeah, uh, well, was... I wondered what they were going to do with her, and I'm kind of okay with the fact that she's going to go back home, because her father is still alive, which is Howland Reed, and he also should know about the Tower of Joy. He probably knows some things that, that we don't, and I wonder if we're going to follow Mira back home, or if not, they just... This was a way to kind of get rid of her character without killing her. Although I wouldn't yeah. say I would have cried if she died, but in her scene, her felt her farewell scene to to Brand, I kind of felt for her. I felt a lot because they've been together for like three seasons, maybe four, I think, yeah. and yeah, she was she was just uh, like she was just loyal to him. She did whatever it took. To get him there and get him back, and he doesn't even really thank her. And I was like, "Girl, leave! Just leave! Get mm-hmm. out of here! Don't deal with him because he is not Bran Stark anymore." Yeah, I was really sad because I've shipped them for <laughs> the past couple of seasons. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, we I would have shipped into him this and Bran, but not. <laughs> we have to touch on this. Oh my god! <laughs> I want to hear all about this because I'm never, no. I never I about that. Everybody on the show, like, is that just my thing? <laughs> But, um, yeah, I really shipped them uh, the past couple of seasons, and I was really sad. I thought that more than... I wasn't, like, angry at Bran or anything. I, I thought it was really sad that he acknowledged that he wasn't Bran anymore. And I, I thought it was, like, it felt like he was dead now. Like, it just felt tragic that this kid, you know, can't be a kid anymore. So, I felt for her, and I felt for him, and... My ship has died, so it was a really sad moment overall. Oh, yeah, your ship! Has, your ship has sunk. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could play the rain to Casimir right now for you. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I'm playing it in my head. There yeah. you go. <laughs> Next best thing. I think we all feel a little sad here from uh, Mira, and if she comes back to fight, that'd be great. But uh, I guess it's time for her to, to go, and I'm kind of, I'm okay with that. I just I feel I feel for her, and I yeah. don't know how to feel about the Three Eyed Raven right now. I don't know how to feel about Bran. And to wrap up the Winterfell talk, guys, I just have another question to ask because I talked about last week. If you guys were here, if you weren't, I'm going to talk about it again. <laughs> I had I had asked. Well, I don't know if I asked you guys precisely, or I was just throwing out a question that from personally that I wanted to to figure out was. What was going? What is going to be the difference between Sam at the Citadel finding out things that Bran already knows? So, like, what what is Sam's place in this world if Bran already knows and he can just tell us everything? And I feel like in this episode, we kind of get that is that he kind of can see what's going to happen or has seen what has happened, but he's not going to be that guy like us that we would go and just tell John everything, what to do, how to defeat them. It's kind of like he's. He's doing it in, in, in a sequence of events. Like, okay, tomorrow I have to do this. The next day I have to do this. Or this person, I have to tell them this, this way so that they could prepare to do this. Like, it's kind of like not messing with the timeline, if you will. He's kind of doing it in order or in the way that he has to. So I'm kind of wondering if he knows that maybe one of his siblings might die, that is he going to stop it? I'm not, saying, I'm, I'm, I'm not predicting that they're gonna die. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if Arya is going to get injured by something, or if Littlefinger is gonna do something to to Sansa and the and the Stark kids, is he gonna stop it or is he gonna allow it because it's supposed to happen? That like I, that's, well, my I, interpretation of his, Oh, you go ahead, Anna. Um. Well, I was just gonna say that. Uh, I think he just might let it happen. 
like what we've seen for from him so far is that it's not that he doesn't care but there is like a way that he needs to let things happen and I, um mm -hmm. now that you bring it up that he's like um you know just seeing things um as they should happen like this timeline it made me it made me think like was him giving Arya that dagger like part of the plan like I think it was yeah that's why I asked that question I I think it was yeah like is that meant to be is she supposed to like you know do something very You guys are so it? freaking smart I literally did not even think of that until just now non he did, he does it very nonchalantly and I'm like yes. out of the three of them there who could use that he knows Arya can use it and, but also maybe he he's seen that Arya is going to put it to good use and I think we know that it's Valerian steel right so She can definitely yeah. play a part in the big battle and use it, but I like I think like you said earlier, Aura, like that she should kill Littlefinger. I think that is exactly what she's gonna do with that dagger. Man, she, she that that dagger. We've also seen it earlier this season in the book that Sam yeah. opened up. So mm -hmm. maybe maybe Magical. it's like a big yeah. Maybe it's a big thing. Yeah. I want to get super RPG with it, and I hope that it's like the only weapon that can kill the Night King, and Arya is the one who just deals the final blow. That would give me everything I've ever wanted in my life. <laughs> This entire show is an RPG. So you gotta, you gotta go to certain places. You gotta get the knowledge. Mm -hmm. You gotta get your loot. You gotta get your your stuff. You gotta go against the final boss, and then you gotta go exactly. to the next level. Like, I mean, right now it's Cersei. Then it's gonna be the Night King. <laughs> I mean, like, it's all an RPG. You, you know what else is super RPG? When Daenerys is like out with all of her advisors, all the people that have traveled with her. Oh, I don't know, from just you know across the sea and the you know the huge army she got, and they're all weighing things. And she turns to Jon Snow like, "What do you think?" And it reminds me of like video games you play when you're like a, a, a level one character, and someone is like they ask you in dialogue like. Which one would you pick? Are you going to save this race or that race? Like something from Mass Effect. It was just kind of weird. And I know, Brittany, I, 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 I'm interested to get to the Under the Dragon Stone scenes. Because yeah. I have a feeling you're going to have a really interesting perspective on that. We'll see. Yes. Well, I mean, that was like my wrap-up for Winterfell, guys. Just the, just to get your minds uh, going a little cray-cray about Bran. Because sometimes we have these, uh, these thoughts about him. Because he's been the most mysterious one because we're not really sure where he's supposed to go and i was comparing him to sam and i'm like so is sam gonna find out some certain things that bran already knows but it's gonna be sam's job to be the one to save them or to to do it like one of the theories is that yes bran knows um the parentage of john but maybe he's just gonna tell him like those are your parents but he's not gonna give any more details but maybe sam is gonna find like the marriage certificate of rhaegar and liana like that's what some people are saying and i'm like oh that could make sense like mm. bran's the one saying it but sam's the one showing the proof and i was like that makes sense because bran is just saying things and he can make you believe it but there's really no proof other than what he said so sam right. can be the proof so this is i feel like thing. bran sorry i I feel like Bran can see the past. He can kind of remote view and see the present. He can, you know, uh, through warging or whatever he does, and now just through being the Three-Eyed Raven, go and see um, <clears throat> what is happening currently. And I think regarding the future... One thing in this episode leads me to believe that I think Bran sees all future possibilities. I don't think that there's, like, one specific fate that has been scripted and all these things. Uh, it's <clears throat> kind of rough to do in terms of storytelling because uh, it, if you have one character 
who for, is in you know in possession of the entire information for the rest of the season or the rest of the series. He sees everything, every possibility. Yada yada. I, I don't know if it works like that. Just because in the next episode we see or in the trailer you see that um, Jon Snow while a Dragonstone gets a raven from Bran and it says Bran he saw the White Walkers coming to East March. He didn't say Bran sent a raven that said that you're my aunt. Maybe we shouldn't bang. He didn't nail that one in there. So I'm interested to to see how this turns out. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll find out next week, which I wish it was like tomorrow, but it's not, unfortunately. <laughs> but let's talk about Jon Snow's aunt and why I ship him with his aunt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's go to... I love how defiant you were. You know what? Wrap your ships. I don't ship it, but I respect I respect the, the ship. It, I ship a know, lot of weird ships myself. Yeah, I mean, you, sometimes you just got to have, you know, your crack ships or your crack cannon ships, which is actually a thing. Um, I feel <laughs> like when you watch the show, I think a lot of logic and a lot of 21st century stuff just got to go out the window. Like, sometimes you just you just got to go a little crazy and you got to justify why you believe uh, in, in two characters and why you ship them. You know, you can defend them. But you can also respect if you don't. That's fine. I'm never going to get mad at people who are like, ew, they're aunts and nephew. It's like, I get it. But in Game of Thrones, in Game of Thrones, it's kind of okay. And you know what? They didn't grow up with each other. To them, they are complete strangers. But they're telling a story where they parallel each other a little bit, or not even a little bit, a lot. And I think when we get the scenes of Dragonstone, we see uh, Danny and John starting to have some kind of like understanding and respect and a little bit of tension. I mean, maybe that could just be the actor's chemistry. But when you see John staring at her as she's looking at the at the drawings on the cave, and they're in the dark cave, you know, John's really good in caves, and it's just, <laughs> it, it, the mood is there, and you, you know it's not meant to be romantic, because it's not, he's in there to show her that he's telling the truth, and that it's, the drawings are there, all the proof is there, and he needs her support, but you can't help but feel that both of them are kind of drawn together after what they've learned from each other you know john came from nothing and they chose him danny has the name but it was still treated poorly but they she rose above that she has a following she made it here like they have a lot in common and a lot to admire about each other and danny's there she listens to what he says and she's like you know what i i do believe you. i will fight with you but you gotta bend the knee, and I'm kind. I'm okay with that. I didn't get mad at Danny when she said that. I was like, "Look, you. She gave you a little bit of faith in the dragon glass and letting you mine it. Now it's your turn to kind of return that faith." And she does it again too when she asks him for his counsel on what to do next um, with her with her army and, her, and the strategy. So I feel like Danny's putting a lot of faith in John, and I'm kind of sad that John's not really recognizing that she's kind of starting to trust him. And it still doesn't want him, and so he still doesn't want to bend the knee, which leads me to think that maybe he's not going to bend the knee, but maybe there might be a marriage uh, proposal thing instead. Mrs. uh, Stormborn, Mr. Stormborn. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I see it because John is being really, really stubborn. Which way I got it? In the first episode, I get it. He doesn't know her. He doesn't know what we know. But he, now he's starting to be around her. He's asking people about her, like Masande. And Masande tells him straight up, you know, like, I trust her. I choose to be here and to, to serve her. But if she, if, but if I wanted to go, she'd let me go. You know, and, and it's just, <laughs> you, 
I mean, come on, it, he's getting all I love that answers. moment. Yes, and he's taking forever to bend the knee, so I'm wondering, maybe he's never going to, but instead they might get, they might have a marriage proposal, but like, all until after, um, Consort night, to maybe. Daenerys Stormborn. Maybe, I don't know, I don't <laughs> yeah. know about that. <laughs> so what did you guys think of all this? I mean, also with uh, Tyrion and his plans failing, and Daenerys kind of getting mad at him about that, and as well as we get Theon coming back, and we get Jon uh, and Theon coming face-to-face since the pilot. Yes. Like, like holy mm-hmm. shit. Speaking of reunions, like, holy crap. We still have more, <laughs> but holy crap. So, guys, what were your thoughts on the Dragonstone stuff? And I'll start with you, Aura. Um, Well, I think you guys know I love um, the idea of Donnie and John getting together. John Daenerys! Daenerys, let's go! <laughs> like, Fire and ice, let's go! Like, <laughs> oh my God, like, I can't know, even. <laughs> maybe Bran's gonna be like, yeah, like uh, I saw the Night King going, but he doesn't mention it because they're supposed to bang. Like, yeah, maybe that's why. Yeah, maybe that's why he's waiting to tell. Like, maybe that's why he's waiting for John to come home to tell him instead of sending a raven to tell him about it. Because I feel like that's something you need to talk about in person. But maybe he knows they're supposed to do it. So yeah. And by the way, <laughs> your parents. <laughs> Um, no but uh and they touched like i almost screamed when john grabs (laughs) when john grabs danny's arm and she doesn't like push him away or anything like imagine just imagine if he had been another person don't you think she would have pushed them pushed them away or something like it's just going to happen guys you just touch me yeah It's, it's a thing and it's going to happen and i am here for it yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Credit to the actors too because I they have they have to have chemistry. It could be any other two people and I'd be probably be like, "Oh, like I don't, you know, it was gross, but I'm sorry, Kit Harrington and Amelia Amelia Clark, like they they have like ice sex all the time. I'm sorry, but it's just it's there. Maybe you see what you want to see, but there is some tension there as far as their their as far as them being actors goes, but they're characters the- too. Oh no, I agree with you guys. I think they are gonna bang. I just, I'm not like, You're not I'm, feeling I just it. have I'm mixed not- emotions about it. <laughs> it's, like, it's weird, because I, I, I really think people see what they want to see, because I see like that they're leading towards them being together. Duh, like it's just up there. But I, I've talked to a lot of people who are like, but the chemistry isn't there. Look at them. They're all like awkward with one another. I'm like, what are you? What are you watching? Are you watching different shows or something? Like I think they're ruling with their head here. They're, just because they know, like, if we didn't find out John's uh, parentage like last year, I think people would be like, oh yes, yes, oh, I'm wanting without this. a doubt. <laughs> I mean, I, I come on, but we should have known that this was coming, and I. It's okay if people feel uncomfortable about it. I get that. It's just also don't don't try to argue and say there's no chemistry because there is. I, I mean, I'm sorry, there but there, there there are people I know who don't even watch the show, but they ship them because they, wow. look, they because they look good together. Wow. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, damn. So I mean, I don't know what you see in Boo, but it's there. Uh, I think this podcast is evenly split. I think Priscilla and I are on the uh, side, and Brittany and Ada are about it. They are just. About I'm embracing it. it. Yes, I, yeah. I, I, I <clears throat> ride or die. More because... power to you. Yeah. <laughs> 
because Dro- <laughs> Drogo's dad, Cal Drogo and Danny were so cute to me. I really enjoyed where what they became. Of course, you know the starters was fucking terrible <laughs> and just ugly and yeah. But like after that, like I just enjoyed what what they had and it. I, and they're that's how I think they're also gonna bond too. Is you know Danny. I don't think ever loved anyone after Drogo and John didn't want to do anything with anyone because of Ygritte and now they have that to tell too like oh my great love died and he's just gonna be like oh my god my great love died and they're just gonna bond more guys it's just gonna happen it's just gonna bang Netflix and, and chill and we're, and we're all waiting for that but <laughs> Netflix and chill oh my god dragon glass and caves and chill and there you um, go dragon glass <laughs> and chill dude <laughs> I, I, I fucking love the little pictures in the cave, like a, a part of me was like, John, John, yes. John did you draw him? Did Double you get that? Right? <laughs> 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 Way too, oh my god. <laughs> it's like, look, I have something to show you. Look at my artwork. <laughs> and then the bottom yes. is like, look at my fan fiction John. art. It's like a really <laughs> shitty watercolor he holds up. John's fan art of, um, the Night's King and everything. Yes. Um, it reminds me of Fern Gully. You guys remember that movie? Yes. I may be dating myself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was in the 90s. <laughs> but it reminded me of that. <laughs> no, I thought it was so clever, you guys. I thought it was so clever because <clears throat> I was watching it. And when they were in the caves, I was like, holy fucking shit. Those spirals are identical to the spirals that we see. It's one of the first things we ever see in Game of Thrones is those corpses yeah. arranged. And I was super excited about it. I was going to be like, oh, my God, you know, like, I connected some shit. And then they totally talked about it in the inside the episode, and I didn't feel special anymore. Ah, sad <laughs> No, it just means you picked up on stuff that sometimes... Hey! I mean, they, they keep paralleling a lot of stuff from season one uh, in this season, as well as last season, too. So, if you don't remember, if you didn't watch the show, like, a million times like I did, you're not going to pick up on that. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's okay, guys. We're not going to get mad if you don't know. You know, but that's why we're here in this podcast to talk about theories and things that you didn't pick up on. I, for one, have seen the, the show like four times. So I do know some stuff. Um. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are all like, I love, love, love doing this because it's so fascinating because we get to pull from you guys' different knowledge uh, about this shit. So it, it's always interesting the theories that come up on this podcast. The, the most I can tell you about is, like, John and Danny and how they're going to bang. Like, that's what I can <laughs> <think> about. <laughs> Your major she, she has already... John and Danny banging. She I has her own, her. like, book lined up and everything. She's like, I know what, where, where it's going to be, everything. Yeah, I just... We should do, like, a Danny and John erotica section with Brittany. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll find the best fanfics, the best smut, and uh, yeah. I'll recommend them to all of you. I'll give you the links. Um... <laughs> okay, so I think we had a lot of fun talking about that that cave scene, but once we get out of that, um, we get Danny, you know, talking to Tyrion and kind of upset that his plans haven't been working. And I think Varys we're all Tyrion are fucked. Like, yeah. Did you, well, did you I see Varys' face? The little yeah. sneak. He totally didn't even like. He's like Tyrion. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take the fall for this because I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna Hell look yeah. down. And well, it's been all of Tyrion's plans. Like he's the one that knows. Westeros and he knows the places that they're going to be attacking and like we all kind of thought that Danny was going to come in here and just smash everything. I'm going to say another word but I won't say it. He was just going <laughs> to come in here and just, you know, they were going to wreck stuff 
in the in the least like bloodshed possible way and they're trying that and it's just kind of in a way we all underestimated cersei like she has like one person to align herself with and this guy is outsmarting Tyrion, and it kind of sucks um but i like it because it would have been too easy for danny to come in here and get king's landing in like the fourth or fifth episode like that that does kind of make me like oh man that's that's very fan fiction-y. That he, she comes in here really fast and takes everything. So I kind of like that they're losing. I don't like the Tyrion's getting scal- uh, like, you know, scolded at. But um, I'm kind of glad that Danny goes to Jon and she's like, what do you think I should do? And he kind of reinforces what Tyrion says in that um, it's not that she shouldn't fight for her people. It's just you should know when to use your dragons. You can't go in there and melt castles and melt people. You have to use it the right way. And, right. and, you know, Tyrion tells her that because she's like, what kind of queen am I if I don't go and fight for them? And he says, a smart one. You know, you mm-hmm. got to know when to do it. And she kind of ends up doing that. John gives her some sound advice, some really nice advice, a really nice speech. Dude, John, didn't John say, like, what what kind of leader am I if I don't go fight for my people? He like, said that, too. Yes, he did. So, and then I'm did it. Okay, double standards, John. How dare you, kid? I'm telling you, <laughs> the parallels are here, and oh, she also says it in the cave too, where she's like, "Is your pride more than like caring for your people?" He kind of said the same thing uh, to Ma- uh, Mance Raider when uh-huh. um, he was mm-hmm. trying to get Mance to bend the knee to to Stannis. And he's like, "I don't want to. They won't respect me." And he's like, "Your pride? I mean, seriously?" And Danny says that right back to John, and I feel like he kind of realized that, like, "Damn, you got me." So I just. But I still love that Danny is still asking John for advice. She's still showing him a lot of um, a lot of respect and admiration, and that she's seeking his counsel. And he gives her some really good advice, and she takes that into consideration, and she goes to do her own thing. And I'm kind of glad they did. They they do something really great, which we're not going to get into. But um, how did you guys like that for her asking John what to do? And did you like John's advice? Dude, I love John's advice. Like, I, I, I felt, I felt like Danny was kind of like grasping at straws, just being like, "I'm losing. How the hell am I losing?" Yeah. And she just like asked the ra- the one person who's probably been through like a lot of battles in her mind and like could offer her some advice. And this is where he could be like a total like snake in the grass and be like, "No," or, like or give her bad advice. But no, he he honestly he gives her like what he feels the people deserve which is something different which is which is something that she promises and I, I I liked the advice and I liked how in the end after hearing everything she she listens to Olena's advice which is you you like you know what I what I did what to outlive all of these like wise people I didn't listen to them if you if you like be a dragon that is and that's what she did. Oh god, like it was just it yeah. was beautiful. Um what I liked is it's specifically what he says, you know, maybe you can make the impossible possible. So I feel like I honestly think that she took everyone's advice because what she wanted to do was go to the Red Keep and just freaking take it, but that's not what she did. She went and she attacked the loot train with her dragon she took one instead of talking about how she, she kept saying like oh i have three dragons i'm gonna use them she took one dragon she took the dothraki army and that's like her plan 
she didn't go with what she was going to do before. So I feel like she did listen to everybody and even Tyrion goes with her. So I feel like she did the right thing. I think that was the right call. Um, yeah, where, where I think everyone... she combined the best of yeah. Elena and Tyrion's advice. And John as well. Yeah, and John. So, you guys just won't let me forget. <laughs> you gotta put John in there, man. I'm gonna throw the ship. John in there. I'm gonna make you ship. No, I'm just kidding. You, know, you do you. Like I, yeah. regarding John and Danny, just a quick aside. All things circle back to this. Um, I really love the chemistry between Kit and Amelia, and I feel like that even fuels my uncomfort more because I don't reject. The I don't want to like this, but I, I should. <laughs> yes, but I'm not. I'm. I have not drank the amount of Kool Aid that you guys have yet. Drink I'm taking it. sips, and you know, I'm taking a couple shots throughout this. Amazing. But yeah, you. There's no denying that chemistry. I'm not someone who'll say, "Oh, they're not gonna." Well, well, they're not. They're, look how awkward they are together. It's like no, they. Yeah, it's there. You just God, they just lit yeah. up the screen, but I'm just like that's his on. I just I cannot. I got to figure out a way to just remove that when you want to my brain, and then I'm on board. Then I'm all I'm all this for great, it. Great, 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 great. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> is that better for you? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's a little bit better. I think that happened on True Blood actually. Oh God, True Blood. Oh, you're bringing back the the horrors of all True right. Blood. We are jumping HBO shows. I got us off track. I'm sorry. Let's get back to that's that. HBO's way, about. though. Oh my god. Um, it is. It really is. I mean, we've already kind of talked about Masande uh, and that little scene with her. I'm still loving Davos like smitten with her. I kind of ship it. Like, get out of here, Grey Worm. <laughs> like, I kind of, Davos is just what? so smooth. Donald is so smooth. He's wingman for himself I and for John. I that so hard. <laughs> no, he's so cute with her. He's no. like, oh, speaking of good hearts, Masande, and Dude. oh, it's a very Dude. lovely country. Like, wingman and Davos. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is my I, red line. <laughs> <laughs> I low-key ship it. Like, if it were to happen, I just enjoy... Um, him being very smooth with her, and she's not really rejecting him, but she's just giggling like, I'm taken, sir, you know, but he ain't here. Is that, for, <laughs> is that foreshadowing something? For, uh, I love it. I give you guys, I, I just give you guys shit because it's hilarious up there, you know. This is a That's foreshadowing stuff. Davos's possible death at the hands of the Unsullied if he doesn't oh. step the fuck out no. the way. <laughs> Grey Worm is not going to respond like, yeah, he's not going to have a, a deep heartfelt conversation with Davos if he feels he's like had a, He's had a lot of plot armor, though. Grey Worm has survived a lot of things. He survived uh, Barriss and Salmi, so I'm kind of wondering, uh, where does Grey Worm's story end, or does it continue after the series is done? I hope so. Oh, the spinoff is just him as, like, a real estate agent. I watch it. I'm on board. Oh my god. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> um, was I the only one who was, like, who was thinking that um, Miss Ande and Daenerys were totally having, like, this BFF um, yes. moment when they were talking about Oh, Grey what Worm. happened? Yeah. <laughs> she the like, summary she of that whole conversation look. was girl. Get it, girl. <laughs> Get it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, what? Like, what happened? Many yeah, things. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they both just look at each other. 
Yeah. I love that. Uh, it reminds me of that. Broad City when they're like, I need the dick deeds. <laughs> that is exactly the same oh, thing. And now, now she can answer Daenerys' question from like season two or three. Like, do they remove the pillar and the stones? Well, now she knows. Because she, she said she didn't know. And now she knows. So they got a lot to catch up on. But, uh, right? Many things. <laughs> Many things. And you know, we, we talk about how some of us don't want episodes of like, the characters traveling to where they need to be so we kind of like the fact that the next episode they're there or an episode later they're there i'm kind of okay with an episode where they're just talking about this type of stuff like that's not even gonna that's, bother me um right. now that's fan fiction for you but <laughs> apparently we don't have time for it um but theon comes back guys like at the very end of the dragonstone uh arc in this episode and uh john sees him and it's just like a long staring contest and John grabs him and he's all like, the only reason you're alive is because what you did for Sansa. And I'm just like, I got chills. I loved it. Guys, how did you yeah. like that scene? You could see Theon turning into Reek. Yeah. During that moment, like just kind of like, yes. yep. War- collapsing like, into himself. Yeah, squirming into himself. Like, oh my God. And I, I loved it just because like... And, and any chance I get to see overprotective John over his sisters, I I'm like, it. yes! I love it, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and Theon deserves it, what a jerk. Like, he's, Ovaries he's, he... explode, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, That's high praise if ever. I was drinking while watching this episode, so yeah. I was, <laughs> I was just like, yes! But... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, got, I might have to wine during the next one. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> some, Baileys, <laughs> some Baileys and a cookies and cream shake, guys. That's what I had. <laughs> Heck yes. Yes. I'm Just so much sweeter it. to see John. Easy. I mean, we, we're getting too much. We're getting spoiled here of overprotective John. Because uh, he did it with Littlefinger last episode. Or the episode before uh, last episode. And then he did it here. And I'm just like, yes, I'm here for this. I love it. Beautiful. I was Danny was there to see it, so her ovaries could pop. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was here, so hoping that the queen would help me. Nope, she busy. Girl, Gotta be with me. Girl, he's yes. gone. She, she is gone. Um, right. I mean, did you guys expect that though? That she would not be there, or did you think that she was gonna stay there, or? I was kind of hoping that he'd get in a tussle so the Dothraki behind him could be like, well, they said that they couldn't kill each, like, we couldn't kill them, but they never said anything about them killing each other, so we'll just let these these white folk fight it off amongst themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag white people problems. Yep. Legit. (laughs) Um, And I don't even think they really came here for Daenerys. I feel like they came here for a good battle, which is what we get. We go to the loot trail, guys. I don't even really know where they are. I think people are just calling it the loot trail. Um, you know what? I I think the official one that they're trying to like shove down our throats is the epic loot train. And right off the bat, uh, it, I reject that. That's a stupid name. We can definitely come up with something better than the epic loot train. Um, well, I mean, it was a great scene, but it's kind of silly. That, meanwhile, yeah. outside, like nearby the Red Keep, because that's what they're 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 walk they're walking their their shit all the way over to there is aren't they yeah they're, well they're on their way back yeah that's where near the capital i know that mm-hmm. they're taking their time because they have the army but we do get confirmation that the gold is has made it to 
to King's Landing. I mean, we don't we get that scene after we get the scene of Cersei talking to the guy from the Iron Bank, which is not really a long scene, but it's pretty brief. And mm. um, they're just kind of talking to each other. And I, I feel like th- those scenes were more about us getting familiar with the Iron Bank guy and to see if he's really he's really in, like trusting in Cersei or does he have an ulterior motive or like what what's going on with them. To be honest, I didn't really care for their scenes. Uh, it was kind of whatever for me. I feel like we got enough of that last episode. So, um, I, I really don't have much to say about that scene. If you guys have something to say, I mean, go for it. Anything? It's, really. it's, it's Cersei learning how to use her credit cards, finally. That's like, true. Also, mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing that was interesting, I think, there was that she's talking about getting money or getting more money from them after she pays them back to buy another army. Or to buy more guys to fight the for The gold company! I forgot yeah, they you're right. Yeah, that. They name-dropped it. I don't know if they're going to go anywhere with that, but they did name-drop that. I don't know exactly what that is, but there was a HuffPost article about it, so it's probably legit. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah, it's a big thing in the books. I think I know they explain a lot more about what it is, and maybe they might try to explore that this, this season, only because after what happens in this battle... I think Cersei's gonna need because this wasn't the big Cersei versus Danny. This was Danny ambushing part of Cersei's army. So I know the big battle of Cersei versus Danny is yet to come, and I know that they're gonna need more people. So maybe that's where it's gonna come from. Hmm. He's gonna buy some more cells hmm. people. I mean, that's that's what I'm thinking we got from that scene because I was actually predicting that. If Danny was going to attack him in this episode, that her dragon would melt the gold. But we get the scene right before the battle that the gold already made it to King's Landing. So, yeah, and they're also with the, the with the Tarleys, so I don't think they're that close to King's Landing. Yeah, to be honest. I think they they somebody. I think they probably got like a special group to to escort the money faster, and then. Everyone else stays with the army because we get the front. Some of the first scenes are Braun and Jamie talking, and he gives him the gold um, to pay him back for everything. And then we don't see finally that until later, where Randall Tarly's like, "It's made it safely to King's Landing, so the gold is nowhere near the battle." So yeah. we get that. So let's talk about this big battle and like what's happening about it because. They don't do all the scenes like in the order that we've been talking and they have them kind of all mixed up and I kind of like this because we get the start of the episode with with Braun and Jamie and Dick on and they're kind of talking and this is one of the things I, I like to mention about Jamie because Jamie's such a compli- complicated and complex character and I feel like there are still a lot of fans who just plain hate him. They don't see any redemption. They just they still hate him and then we have people that love him but they're disappointed that he's still backing Cersei. And then there are people who just still blindly love him. And it's just, it's a lot of stuff going on. But I feel like in these scenes, you see such a different Jamie when he's not around Cersei. When he's around Bronn or Brienne or even this guy Dickon, you know, where, Bra- where Bronn is laughing at his name. Like, Jamie <laughs> is so different where he's talking to Dickon, like, how did, how did you feel about this battle? And Dickon saying, you know, well, I, I grew up with these men. I knew these men. And it... It just, it didn't feel right. And Jamie's like, they didn't deserve to die. You know, like, they're they're talking, you know, like, bros. Like, they're feeling empathy for their for their enemy and, like, what really, what war is. And that some, some men shit themselves when they're about to die. And it's a lot of meaningful scenes we're getting of 
Jamie that I don't even recognize, like, from season one. Like, this isn't the Jamie we knew. This is somebody else. So I got scared when we got so many scenes of Braun, too, because we hadn't seen Braun. And we got a lot of scenes of Braun, and then we get that really big battle. And, I mean, I don't want to talk about the battle, like, sequence per sequence, but, guys, I have no words. <laughs> Just chilling, epic, I mean, tense. Blown away. It's a different kind of feeling than from when we saw Battle of the Bastards and yes. even Blackwater Bay because yes. there were people we cared about on both. Okay, well, it's weird, right? We cared about Danny and Jogan. I don't care about the Dolph Racky, but they were really fun to watch. Um, but I cared, right. about, um, I cared about Jamie. I cared about Braun. I even cared about Dickon, even though we know Dickon's supposed to be a, a dick to his brother because we saw a little bit of that last season but they recasted him but here he felt he didn't feel like a dick even though his name's Dagon. he felt very humanized <laughs> and we got we got more scenes with him than we did with his dad we saw his dad burning i think in one of the scenes there so i'm wondering if Dagon's gonna be more of a prominent character or if he died in that they, battle but they would they wouldn't have recast him if it if he wasn't gonna be important yeah and this guy's from merlin good point good point from- uh, if you guys have seen Merlin, he was in this in in Merlin, so I know him. He's so sexy, so I was like, yes, I think I like him, <laughs> the, the actor that's playing him. But I feel like he is gonna be important, and he saved Jamie in the middle of the battle. Uh, Braun got a shot on Drogon. I mean, guys, you you gotta tell me what you loved about all of this, or if nothing, or what did you? It hate? was it was just sheer brilliance. I have next. I, I have literally no criticisms. It was exhilarating, and it, it I had such an emotional reaction to it in a way that I just, I don't think I've experienced with a show before. And that's because Game of Thrones, since season one, episode one, for me, when I pan the camera back and kind of look at the bigger picture, look at the forest instead of just the trees, in a lot of ways has been leading up until this exact moment. You know, a lot of the previous seasons, seasons one through six, you know, it's the, the shifting of power, the setting up, yada, yada. There are a lot of um battles but it's normally fairly uh the, the audience you can see kind of leans to one side or you know it's not even leaning it's obvious like in the battle of the bastards i don't know anybody who was cheering for ramsey but this was a really complicated scene emotionally particularly for Tyrion. him watching the battlefield uh was almost difficult for me to it was you could see and peter dinklage is so good at just giving you that raw emotion without a a single word of dialogue you know he can take three words and really really just make it stretch but this was harrowing um it was really hard to watch it was difficult about you know who am i cheering for here i will say this and i'm interested to see if you guys share this opinion i was pretty even i was honestly if i had i would say i was maybe like 70 percent you know danny 30 percent the other just because you know i do think jamie has been redeemed at least in my eyes but it blew me away i was watching this with one of my really good friends and we it was like the super bowl it was just so charged uh, in the room, but we're going to see more scenes like this. It's all been leading to this. Now it's going to be, you know, your favorite versus somebody you kind of like instead of your favorite versus, you know, somebody like Ramsey, etc. It only gets more emotionally complex from here. We're going to see more of these um, characters that we know and love butting heads because we've known all this time they are on different sides of this war, but this scene did leaps and bounds to demonstrate that to show us wow. and give us that reaction you're you're so cool because you actually like like jamie a little bit 
I don't. <laughs> so when I was watching that, I was like, run, bitch, run, go, get, get murdered. I don't want you. Like, this is... Like, I was cheering for Daenerys and only Daenerys. Like, I, you, you know how... And I'm going to date myself, but watching like an old Xena episode and just hearing her make that little it just like chills down your spine you're just kind of like oh people are gonna get killed now like yeah, they go when get I heard roasted that, when I heard that and then when I heard Drogon like Rawr, I was just like oh shit and you look you could you, you could pause the second like Jamie looks around and seeing like all of his people burning and dying just like I made a huge mistake. I should have flogged these guys. We should have run faster. What am I doing? Like, it made me so happy to watch to watch him lose because we've been losing so much on Daenerys' side. We needed a win, and this I think yeah. is a pretty good win. And the only person in in that like in the midst of that that I was like, oh gosh, like maybe like I I, I don't want to see him die was Braun, and when he was going up against the guy, and the guy sw- twists to the side and cuts off his horse's leg, Oof. I was like, oh shit, is, is Braun going to be the big death of this episode? No! And it's it proven again, the most important thing a Lannister has ever done is hire Braun, because he did <laughs> yeah. everything this episode. He, he MVP? MVP? Yeah. He's he Legit. did everything for the Lannisters. Like he he's he saved Jamie like twice if you think that the that the jumping person is Braun, which I th- I think it probably is. It is, it is there Bron. seems to be some debate about this, about the identity of the person who knocked Jamie off of the horse into the water. Some no, people it's, say it's, it's Braun, but I think yeah. pretty Bron. sure it was Braun. I kinda it's thought it was Bron. Dickon, but it maybe it was Braun. It's cause they show that scene where Braun gets knocked off or no, not knocked off. After Drogon uh, sets him on fire and he jumps off the thing. Uh, Bron looks at the at the white horse and when you see that person save Jamie, that person's on a white horse and it's Bron. Also, he's not wearing any armor. If you like put it in slow mo, that guy's not wearing armor, so it's definitely Bron. Oh, this is why we love you, Brittany. What? <laughs> oh, I, I detail oriented word. It, it had to be Bron, <laughs> I think, because uh, Bron at the beginning of the battle was like, "You need to leave." You need yes. to go because we're going to get shit on right now. And, and that what was is pre-Dragons Tyr- when he said yeah. that. And Tyrion also, when he's there, he's like, you better flee, you idiot. You fucking idiot, you need to flee. So <laughs> I feel like, uh, and then Bronn is the one that saves him. So I think we're in for a Bronn, Tyrion, and Jamie reunion next episode. Oh, oh wow. I'm so excited. Like, I don't even... Bronn, switch so- sides. Get on the winning side, man. Whoever has the side. Whoever I love it. Davos's line from earlier. Like, would you would you hate me if I switch sides? I thought that was perfect. Yep. <laughs> um, this is going to be very fascinating. What is? Uh, I, I think there's a, a big question on our minds, on the minds of all Game of Thrones, and you know the people listening. How? What, what's the interpretations of the way that this ended? It was very, very ambiguous. Um, I was looking for, I don't know if you guys follow Game of Thrones on Facebook, but there's this artist whose name I don't know and can't remember, um, who does these, uh, this series called A Beautiful Death, 
where he does these really gorgeous illustrations for every deceased Game of Thrones character. He just did one for Lady Olena, and immediately after watching this episode, well, not immediately, the next day, I checked the Facebook page to see if there was going to be one, and there wasn't. And I feel like that's intentional. It's not the first time they've done that. But my personal opinion, he, I mean, all of that gold Lannister uh, armor, his hand, I imagine, isn't um super light he didn't seem like michael phelps to me exactly when he was going down it kind of seemed like it it, it, we'll see but uh hbo shows have done this before where it's like you know the the final scenes but game of thrones they always you know they can walk the walk they will actually kill a character they won't continue to to kind of tease it so i I don't i just have so many mixed emotions about this i i guess i'm I'm mostly leading to i hope he he doesn't die but if he does i'm oh my god okay i'm cool with it i want i i want them them to use him like as a pawn as as something and but somebody mentioned a theory that i thought was pretty like interesting uh during that weird like seen ages ago like when they're like three betrayals you will have they said that to Daenerys she's Mm. had like one for gold one for blood and one for love she's had the gold she's had the blood she hasn't had the love yet and Mm. what if what if Tyrion betrays her and lets Jamie go for love oh my god Ooh, I heard that or one. what if Jon Snow breaks her heart? Uh oh. Oh no, I thought that. I heard Uh-oh. I heard the, the, the Jamie one and I heard that also it could be Masande for Grey Worm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we we have, we have interesting like ways of betrayal about to occur. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that it's Jamie just because I like stirring the pot. I like I, I think, what happens. I think it'll be that one too. Um but I think Tyrion will kind of be let off easy because if Jamie is let go, I think this is the breaking point for him when he goes back to Cersei because he firsthand right now in this battle was able to to, to see how horrifying it is with a dragon. And right. uh, I think that brought back a lot of memories of uh, King of the Mad King and what he wanted to do. And he ended it before anything started, but there was still a war. But now here is a dragon, and he just saw all his men get, you know, go to ashes. Like, they had that one shot at the end where he tells them, take cover. And Jogan just, just blows the fire in their face, and they're ash immediately. It's like that yes. was extra charged fire. And the look on Jamie's face is just, like, of defeat. Like, he's just, like... Oh my god. And I feel like if he goes back to Cersei and he tells her what he's been through and what he's seen, I feel like Cersei's not going to care and that's going to kind of tip him off the edge, in my opinion, mm. as far as trusting her. So I feel like... I kind of feel like... Oh, sorry. No, I, I was just going to say that I feel like that's still part of the reason why I feel like he's going to kill her. He's going to end up killing her. Mm. I kind of feel like it would be a really interesting chain of events if Jamie did die because for Cersei that would take her from you know her level of crazy to like Kim Jong Il status she would re I could see her just going balls to the freaking wall 
Um, what we saw happen with Marcella, there was a deep turn, right? I mean, she went from subtle machinations and hints of influence and knowing the right people and, you know, this game of intrigue and, you know, the the whole thing, the the feel of King's Landing pre, uh, what happened at the, the Septa Gaylor? I don't know what, what it's called. But I think it would be horrifying to see Cersei after Jamie's death uh, after she becomes aware of it, if he does die, uh, what that would mean for her character would be really interesting to see. Most interestingly, though, what it would mean for Westeros, because she has shown that when she doesn't have anything to lose, this is not a woman you want to back into a corner because she is going to throw a honey badger at you. She's going to bust out a chainsaw. She's going to go freaking nuts. And her losing Jamie, that's the last, to me, the last vestige of her humanity, her last, you know, connection to this world. So I'm interested to see how it goes either way. If Jamie does surprise or survive and he does go back, um, I'm, I'm interested to see how this experience would change him. Yeah, I just don't see Jamie dying by drowning. I think he got knocked out and they're probably going to pull him out and uh, he's going to be taken prisoner. Just like when Rob had him, I think it's going to be the same. Um, Mm -hmm. But then I agree with Priscilla in that theory that everyone's throwing around that Tyrion will probably let him go because I don't know if I see Danny letting the guy who killed her father go, even though he, he was an evil man. So it's just, yes. it's going to be a lot of emotions. Um, and then remember, Jamie also told Bronn, like, back in season four, that if he ever saw Tyrion, he would kill him. So there's going to just be a lot of, like, I don't know, tension going on mm-hmm. there. And I and I don't think, ja- I, I don't want to say Jamie's story ends with Cersei, but it, that could be a thing. Because that's some of the people's thoughts that he'll kill Cersei and then himself, or he's going to die with her in his arms, like because there's a fire or everything's collapsing in King's Landing, so he'll die with her. And then there are others saying that he's just going to kill her, and then he has, like, his own path to follow. Like, who is Jaime Lannister without Cersei? And I feel like we get a lot of that when he's not around her. Like, when he's around Bronn, there's, like, some kind of sense of empathy and camaraderie between that. Yeah, so... And that's why I like him. I like him when he's not in the presence of Cersei. It's like she she does something to him. She like she corrupts like, him. Yeah, like Olena says that um, she's a monster, and she's always been one. Um, despite what's happened to her, she's always been pretty cruel, and she's always been a whole like us versus them mentality, which is what she tells Joffrey in the first season. You know, anyone who isn't us is a uh, is an enemy, and I feel like she's kind of put that in Jamie's mind as well. So when he grew up, you know, to be in love with her and stuff, it's just her all the time. And he'll always try to defend her, too. Like he did with Olena. Like, oh, she may seem like a monster to you, but to me, she's not. You know, so he's just, he's very corrupted by her and blinded. So I want to see what he's like without her. Yes. Yes, he's very loyal. He's so loyal. He's like such a a knight, though. Like, he's, uh, he's probably one of my favorite characters and i probably say this about every character but, <laughs> but he like genuinely he went from the guy that i hated the most in game of thrones to you know this guy that i really care about and i don't want him to die like the way he well since the beginning of this battle he uh, Bron was telling him like just go flee like you need to go and he wouldn't go like he w- he just needed to be there and he could have and he should have like left 
but he didn't because he wanted to fight with his men and if he was gonna die he was gonna die with his men yeah. and um he didn't go and he saw the opportunity to kill the enemy even though it's this you know this uh girl to him she's a girl um in this dragon yeah in this dragon and he he went to kill her even though he knew he was probably going to die but he was gonna die trying and i feel like he's he's like he has such honor and it's so sad that like everyone just sees him as the king slayer it's something that i've always found really sad and uh i i don't know i just i don't want him to i don't think he'll die anytime soon or at least i don't i hope yeah. he doesn't because i it was just a really good cliffhanger though like yeah. it was that them going in the water we see both you see the two men you know at first in the water kind of sinking and then it just goes a little bit black to black and then you see the image of jamie just slowly sinking and then it just ends and then there's no music i was like that is beautiful but i had never felt so conflicted about a battle like i wanted daenerys to win but i definitely wanted Bronn and jamie to be captured anything but dead yeah so me too and i think they gave us that but i mean they got to keep you going um it, it, it's more effective to have them like slowly sinking in the water than seeing them arrested at the end of the episode so i feel like yeah. this was just yeah you know oh we already want to see the next episode but this even more so because you want to know what danny's going to do next. it looked like she fried everyone up but i don't think so um it's usually when the commander's down is when, like, usually, like, the battle will end. So yeah. I just want to see, like, what's going to happen with that. And I just, I'm really looking forward to Tyrion, Bronn, and Jaime. Like, I, I'm so excited. And Bronn, like, w just saved the entire battle. He just did so much in this episode. And I was hoping he'd survive. We got that one long shot of him running through the fire. It's smoke and ash. And it's just, like, hard to breathe. Like, I was having trouble breathing while watching that for them. <laughs> and Bronn gets a hit on Drogon. And I was like, no! But, oh my god, that was badass. And, oh, like, what if the dragons were evil? I feel like that would have been, like, an, a defining moment for Bronn. But, guys, how yeah. do you feel about Bronn specifically, like, in this entire sequence of events? I thought they were going to start calling him a Bronn Dragon Slayer. And I was like, <gasps> no! Me too. Like, I would have been like, I would have been crushed, but I would have been like, God damn, that's such a badass name. And you I thought the arrow, it. yeah, I thought the arrow was gonna go through his mouth because he was waiting for him to fire, but it hit yeah. his shoulder, so he's injured. And I love that Danny was trying to pull it out, like, oh, mommy, like mother dragons, adorable. Mm. But yeah, anyone else? I flipped on Bron so quick, you guys. <laughs> When I tell you I turncoded him, like, um, as soon as he went for that ballista, whatever the hell that that death machine was, I was like, you mother, are you, burn him, light How his ass on fire. I was like, are you kidding me? Bron, for real though. And it's, it's only gonna get more complicated from here. We're gonna continue to be put in these situations where we are seeing two people that we like and have watched for you know seven almost ten years uh they're gonna come to a head it's gonna be this scene is an indication to me it was really really uh the foreshadowing in terms of the the conflicts that the viewer is gonna have internally moving forward they know exactly what they were doing and they echoed it 
excuse me, in the inside the episode when they talked about it, you know, they even said in creating this, they wanted the uh, uh, the audience to have a, a mixed emotional response. They didn't want it to be clear cut in terms of this is an antagonist and this is, you know, the protagonist. And I felt like that was really authentic to, to Game of Thrones. But it's very I, I'm nervous, you guys. I'm nervous about who we are going to see face off moving forward. More of our favorites. Um, are gonna they're gonna bed heads all of this is coming to an end and not everybody's gonna make it so it's i think that <laughs> we've known that for seven yeah. but we just experienced well i mean we've been we've been experiencing the past seven years but like this i think was just like a really big wake up call like we knew the battle with cersei was happening we knew jamie and Bronn were on the other side but i don't think we expected this battle at the end of episode four like, right. the episodes are always, like, the second to the last or the last episode, but it's just been ambush and attack, like, the past three episodes, and it's been emotionally draining, but I'm still ready for the next episode. Like, I, I'm like a, what is it, a, I don't want to say a, a masochist? Yeah, I think I like that. That, that one masochist. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't care about all the pain happening. Like, I just, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um... I mean, I don't know. I'd love to that all the three of us here were scared for Jamie and Priscilla's like, I'm done with you, bitch. Like, you can die for all I care. <laughs> I, I'm kind I, of a I little bit it. with Priscilla on it, but I, I do like Jamie. The things that it. you two see, uh, Brittany and Ada, the, the things that you guys see in Jamie, I kind of do see too. But it's that thing where I just like He's how I can't He's still fighting for Cersei. He's still fighting for her, and it really sucks because it's that, like even Bronn brings it out when he's talking to him. Like, oh, yes, like reign under cersei is gonna be like anything but peaceful yeah you know he says it so, <laughs> exactly. it's, so it's like when everyone's telling you something like there has to be some truth to it i mean that right. doesn't go for every experience ever or every situation but with cersei i mean there's kind of a pattern here uh so it disturbs him because he knows it's true he knows yeah. that there's complete and absolute truth to, because like olena said in that in her final scene you know who's going to be more honest uh than a dying woman what see what better uh guarantee do you have that what we say is not going to leave this room and he knows and that is you could see that in his uh his reaction uh i i'm again i'm on the fence i don't know i think i'm a little bit leaning more towards just because i do like the actor and i haven't you know we've all been invested in these characters i'm kind of hoping it gets just taken captured it would be a great way to kind of circle back and echo season one that would be awesome and it would provide us with the braun Tyrion, and jamie scenes that you guys yeah. are talking about yeah that would be really really awesome to yeah. see because it would be very very complicated um it it's yeah, we, we are in for a thrill ride. This next episode is called East March, and I, I, I have some feelings about what's going to happen, but I, I cannot wait to see the rest of this. It's so hard to wait week to week, but at least, know. you know, we get to and do this. We get to gab about it, just completely geek out, you know? Just three more episodes, guys. I mean... Oh, no. Like but but <laughs> bright, si bright side, they're going to be really long episodes. So yes. uh, we're, we're, we're in for some good stuff. So we, we can expect a, another big battle. I kind of, I'm kind of mad we have to wait a week, but then I'm kind of okay. Because sometimes when I watch the episode, for after, after it's done a couple hours, I'm still like, oh my god, like I can't believe that happened. I go to sleep and I wake up, I'm like... Was that all a dream or did it happen? Like, I'm still <laughs> dealing with what just happened. And then 
the third day is like, okay, theories, okay, what's going to happen? What's what's everyone saying? What's everyone doing? Then we get our mm-hmm. podcast here and we're talking about it. Get ourselves hyped up all over again. Yeah. So, I mean. It's, it's a nice setup you got there. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just good stuff all around. And I'm sad that it's seven episodes, but I'm also like 81 minute episode. I mean, are you kidding me? Yes. That means like three shots of Bailey's for me. Like, yes, I'm so ready <laughs> to watch um, to watch the show. But I'm also very scared now. I don't. We had a lot of plot armor in this episode for Bron and Jamie, um, and that was one of the things I was going to tell you guys that I saw a lot of fans kind of mad feeling that this episode was good, but it could have been great if Bron had died. Or most mostly people were saying that if Bron had died, this episode would have been like amazing. And I was like, I don't think so. I don't think. We need Bron to die right now. I think the writers have some really nice plans for him, and we just gotta wait and see. Yeah. Um, and go and, ahead. And if he didn't die now, like he has to do something else, like something important, because like why wouldn't they kill him now? This would have been the perfect mo- moment yeah. to like, you know, get that those feels. <laughs> Um, going for us and Tyrion and Jamie and he's gonna be the guy I think that's gonna like let Tyrion and Jamie like talk and stuff like the mediator. Um, yeah. I think I would hope I, I really the HR to. representative. <laughs> yes, yes, because he's gone to be good friends with Tyrion for quite a long time, and then now Jamie. So I, I want to see. I don't know. Maybe it's just fan fiction for myself, but. Um, these are, this is one of the reunions I've been wanting to see. I didn't know how bad I wanted it until we came into this moment in this episode where all of our favorite characters were in the same place. Like I was, I was actually like, oh my God, is Jamie going to see Tyrion? But no, it's just Tyrion watching. And and I love it because Jamie is, is in the battle and he's just feeling the smoke and the fire. He's seeing his men get burned alive. And then you see Tyrion and that the Dothraki tell him, man, your men don't know how to fight. And Tyrion is a man of few words in, like, the entire scene. Like, he just says, you know, for Jamie to run, you idiot. But he's watching, too. And he's like, these are my men, too. These are Lannister men. I know them. And that's kind of, I feel like, the theme of uh, what Jamie and Bronn and their arc was in this episode. Like, Dickon was talking about that, too, how, you know, I grew up with the men from the Tyrell men, but I had to go and kill them. So it's, like, about killing your own family or, like, your own, the people that you know. And I was, and that's how he- That's why I felt very heavy, and why Tyrion felt so sad. Even though you know it's for him and for D- Danny to win, he felt a sadness in him, uh, watching yeah. the Lannister men get slaughtered like that. And yeah. it just, it's, it's, uh, and I felt it with him. I think Peter Dinklage just knows how to brood. I mean, we're talking about Jon Snow mm-hmm. knowing how to brood, but he did it too. And it was, it was kind of horrifying when they did that shot of us. Uh, having the POV of Tyrion and watching everyone run around in chaos and fire and at first it looked cool but then after a while you're just kind of like oh my god this is really scary like I'd be one of the soldiers that shit themselves because that's scary like, <laughs> I probably would have jumped in the water with Jamie and just stayed there until everyone left but I'd probably drown but yeah so I think that's called a, a pulling a Theon I believe yeah, that's I the technical a term <laughs> yes you, you reeked it out <laughs> oh my god okay uh guys is there anything else you want to talk about with this battle um any, any or any scenes we missed or something you want to touch on before we move on to MVPs uh, I was just gonna say that Ed Sheeran is totally dead oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't with the main group but he probably is now 
true. Yeah. He yeah. he's totally barbecued dead. Ed Sheeran. Or barbecued. he or he's with Gendry. He found Gendry and they're just sailing together, singing songs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I still believe he's coming back. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I feel like they're oh, tying oh. up loose ends right now, and I feel like Gendry's one of them. Just saying. We're waiting. He's definitely coming back because he would just upset the entire you know I, the country. If the Hound King is coming back and he was beat up and almost dead. I'm pretty sure a wandering Gendry is probably going to come back and be in the place we probably least expect him, in my opinion. Right. So. Yeah. Anything else? Um, yeah, really, really quickly. Uh, so if you listened to us last week, I um, on the podcast, uh, I went into a theory about Davos Seaworth and how he is supposed to be, you know, the one that's promised, yada, yada, yada. I fell down a hole, and like I said earlier, uh, thanks to Brittany, I've been exposed to the wonderful and horrifying, sometimes horrifying world of Reddit, but I found a treasure trove of information on the children, the mysterious, very short, green, leaf-skinned race uh, of yesteryear on Westeros. And so um, I'll talk to you guys about it uh, in, in the week to come, but I, I found a lot of stuff I think would be relevant to the stuff we're seeing now, particularly the caves and the oh. finger painting that john may or may not have done question mark oh he did it <laughs> he did it he had the chalk there and he just kicked it on the side um and daenerys can see but um all right i'm looking forward to it any more crack theories like i'm down i'm yeah. down for that type of, <laughs> i i live on that stuff like during the off time and the hiatus like you need that stuff to look up on so you need your fix yeah exactly I mean, what is life without Game of Thrones? We're going to experience that in like two years, and I'm really sad. And I don't want to think about it. Spinoffs, anyway. spinoffs, books, spinoffs. Spinoffs spin and books, that's it. true. Yep, that's yep. true. Jam it in your brain. All right, guys. Well, it's time for the most valuable player, guys. We need to choose uh, which character impressed you the most and why. And if you forgot the rules, here they are. You state which character impressed you throughout the episode and you tell us why in a simple and nice uh, little summary and if somebody has already mentioned the character you were going to choose you have to select a different one and I have the power to like go first and choose everything but I am not the mad queen but I know someone who might oh, be God. because but I know someone who might be because she doesn't like Jamie Lannister so <laughs> <laughs> That was some subliminal shade your way, Priscilla. I don't know if you uh, you caught that. The Mad Queen, Priscilla. No, I'm just kidding. Aww. I love Priscilla. it. <laughs> Priscilla, who is your MVP for this episode? That's going to have to go to Bronn. Oh, my God. That guy did everything for Jamie. Sacrificed his life. Got rid of his pouch of gold. Stayed and helped, like, hurry up the farmers, even though, like, he, like, hasn't gotten his woman in his castle yet. Mm-hmm. Learned how to work that scorpion, which is new technology in this world. So n- nobody knows how to freaking work that completely well. But he managed to figure it out immediately. Because why? Because he's brawn and he's brilliant and he's a badass. And <laughs> I'm so glad they didn't kill him. And I'm waiting for more. So he's my MVP. She stole mine. See, I knew she. I, that's why I call her the Mad Queen because I knew she stole mine. <laughs> uh, burn them all. Burn them all. Theory <laughs> validated. I did it. Um, Clay, <laughs> who is your MVP for this episode and why? Yay! Mine didn't get stolen. Um, I am going to absolutely 100% go with Arya Stark uh, as Ooh. my MVP for this episode. I may have spot jacked you guys. I'm sorry. 
Uh, but I, I just there's nobody else I would want to give this episode to. Maisie Williams uh, really did a brilliant portrayal of the the subtle changes and the subtle maturity and the way that Arya has grown just in her acting, her conversation with the guards, and just seeing her I think in the context of Winterfell, the last time of which we saw her, you know, she's playing archery and stealing shots from Bran and running around and being forced to knit things that she hated. So it was really good to see her come back as her full authentic self. And I do think that, you know, much like with Sansa and with um well I guess in some ways Bran uh, they all were a certain way in the pilot, and instead of, you know, completely reversing that or just changing these characters, instead of a 180, they did a kind of weird 360. Because Arya is still the, you know, rough-and-tumble uh, tomboy. Sansa is still, you know, uh, the lady who wants to employ diplomacy and wants to, you know, uh, rule the keep. And uh, Bran, I guess, is kind of an exception to that, because nobody could foresee that. But this was a brilliant episode. I gotta give it up to Arya. Uh, her going toe-to-toe with Brienne epic game changing i cannot wait to see more of it so uh yeah my mvp for this week is going to be Arya. damn he stole yours out i know you were gonna pick Arya. i know you already <laughs> oh were you no i don't know no i don't know i <laughs> just i just know that Arya. i just know that Arya is her favorite yeah, Brittany, you're making me feel bad i'm like oh did i really <laughs> this is the game of thrones you win or you die yeah. okay <laughs> You choose or you die, whatever. I don't know. I don't know who's your MVP and why. My MVP is actually Jamie Lannister. Oh, you chose mine. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, the you twist, know the hey, betrayal. Like, last week, last week you chose mine. So oh, that's true. Oh, uh. <laughs> but yeah, like I said before, he's like such a like an honorable man. He in this episode was highlighted more than ever. He is compassionate. He is honorable. He is loyal. Um, and you see it, like, all of that. You see it on this episode. And even though, you know, he's not with Cersei, he's still loyal to her. And even though he knows he's, she's crazy, she's she's his sister. And she's his lover. And, you know, he loves her as his sister, as his lover. And he's loyal to her. And I really admire that. And the way that he just fought... Um, in this episode, when he could have, you know, just run away, and he should have run away, and he was told to run away, directly and indirectly, um, he still didn't, and he was there until the very last minute, and I love him, so that's why he's my MVP. Oh, <laughs> I would say on too, but you stole him, so I am mad at you. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I <laughs> yeah. get you. I'll change it. Adorbs. I loved it. No, I love all of your MVPs, guys. I think uh, I think these episodes have been so good that I feel that a lot of people deserve the MVP, not just one. But I'm kind of glad we all agree on most of them anyway. So that means the show is doing something right. Um, But surprisingly, Jamie wasn't my first pick. He was actually my third. Nobody picked my first, so I'm okay with that. Wow. Oh, and you making me feel bad that I took your first <laughs> <laughs> Queen Brittany. Wow. <laughs> now I'm the queen that of That was very little thing for you then of you, Brittany. <laughs> the twist, the twist, I still got it. Even in my deathbed, I get you guys. Um, yeah, no, my MVP is Danny. I think uh, she's been needing a lot of help. I feel like she's been kind of conflicted with what's going on. She came in here like a wrecking ball, but instead she got wrecked. 
So it's like the ball came back at her and smacked her. Because we all thought she was going to come in here and just take the Seven Kingdoms and then we have to worry about the White Walkers. Like, that's essentially the plot of the next, of this season and the next. But we're getting, we're underestimating Cersei and her advisors aren't doing a good job. She, she needs to act, but she needs to do it right. So what does she do? She listens to John. She believes him about what's going on with the White Walkers. She still stands her ground in wanting him to bend the knee. Like, I'm showing you faith. You show me faith by bending the knee. Even though he still doesn't give her an answer, she asks him for his advice. She takes it. She takes a little bit of Tyrion. She also takes Elena. And they go in there and they get what they want and they win the battle. And Danny's in there. She's. I mean, I wish she had some armor, but she got in there. She rode Drogon. She was burning people, but I feel like she was burning the loot more than she was burning the people. And I don't know, just Danny got shit done. And in a way that I was rooting for her. If she went into King's Landing and burned everyone, I'd probably never support Danny again. I feel really, really, really sad. Although the people in King's Landing seem pretty shitty. I'm not going to lie. They kind of <laughs> talked about that in the last episode with Jamie, that they'll turn on you pretty quickly. So maybe I wouldn't mind. But I seeing okay Danny. But seeing Danny kill the army, the, the men, the people that she, you know, needs to be against was fine with me. And I'm just glad Danny's finally doing something. And I'm really looking forward to see to seeing what else is gonna happen in the next three episodes with her. We're seeing her emerge into the rightful queen. We know she's a queen, but I wanna see her be the rightful queen. So Danny's my MVP. Nice. And- and with that, we just have the last thing, guys, to rate the episode. I feel like I know what everyone's gonna choose, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna steal anyone's thunder. I'm gonna go in reverse, and I hope I can remember this time. Um, I'm giving this episode a gold coin, gold dragon coin. I got it, or I gave that last episode for different reasons. This one, I just no words. It's okay if you give a gold dragon coin every episode. It's what feels right for you. And for me, I want to like re- I've rewatched this episode like four times already, in like <laughs> in like in like three days. Like it's just it's that good. Last week's mm. episode I saw it like twice, you know. So it's just emotionally I was sad last episode, but it was amazing here. I didn't know what to feel. Complex emotions, like that's the best kind. So this episode deserves a gold dragon coin. So Aura, your turn. Um, I'm going to go with the same. This episode was totally a golden dragon coin for me. It was just, like I said before, it played like a fan fiction. And it was just, like, so, you know, satisfying to watch. It was amazing. Um, I have no complaints. I got everything I wanted. I got everything I didn't know I wanted, like you said before. It was just amazing. Yes, yes, another gold dragon coin. Clay, what is your rating for this episode? <clears throat> um, I'm gonna give it a two. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, it was amazing. I loved it, and I'm 100% gonna give it a gold dragon coin. Um, if there was something higher than that, like a dragon glass coin, whatever the absolute just highest uh, marks I can give this, this was just a brilliant episode of television period outside of game of thrones outside of everything it, it it game of thrones is becoming something that is starting to transcend itself it is so 
Uh, it's unlike anything I've seen on television before. And this episode, uh, prime example, definitely, you know, my favorite or one of my favorite hours that I've spent in Westeros. So I'm going to firmly and proudly give this one a gold dragon coin. Yes, yes. Now, Mad Queen Priscilla, <gasps> will, you, will you live up to your reputation? Or will no, you like I'm giving oh a gold God. dragon coin for sure. Like, <laughs> definitely. Like, I'm not crazy. Not with this. Like, this epic episode just had everything. This gave me payoff that I had that I've been waiting like seven years for. Like, did you ever expect like that little itty bitty egg was gonna turn into like a little lizard like thing, which turned into a giant freaking dragon that was fi- <laughs> that finally met Jamie? Like. Did you ever expect to see Brienne finally, like, getting both Stark girls together and then, like, added benefit? The Stark girl wants to duel with her and it's actually good? Like, I didn't expect any of that, but I got it and I love it and I just want more of it. This is, this is pinnacle TV. This is Mm. great. So, yes, gold dragon coin all the way. Damn, I, now this makes me excited to know if we're going to get, if there's going to be an episode where all of us give it a gold dragon coin, so. We did. I mean, I, I think we did, Brittany. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, if we're going to have another one. Oh, like, okay. oh. Like, not, not like this, 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 I'm saying, I'm wondering, because this is just episode four, we have three more to go, so I'm wondering, like, are we going to give it again? You know, this, yeah. for this season and the next, like. I would say we can only go up from here, but we really can't. It's the same thing. I mean, I, I'm wondering um, yeah. if they're going to deliver this type of episode again. And with an episode with 81 minutes, like, they better freaking deliver. Um, so I'm excited. I'm really proud of everybody. I'm proud of you, Priscilla. I'm just kidding. We had, uh, this episode was just so good. It was so good that I feel like nobody can really argue that it was a 10 out of 10. No, it's a golden dragon coin. Golden so. Coins. well guys now our watch has ended join us next time for a brand new installment of the throne room once again here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us follow poppy chula radio on social media we are on facebook instagram tumblr twitter and youtube at poppy chula radio do you have any questions suggestions comments or concerns Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for The Throne Room and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. Co-host, what do we say to the god of death? Not Not today. today. (laughs) I have a different accent each time for that one, so it's it's a fun surprise. You guys are welcome. I love it. I love it. Gold (laughs) dragon coin for your accent. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Please wish the listeners a good night. Good night. Remember to binge watch responsibly, people. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of The Throne Room every Thursday via iTunes and the Poppy Chulo Radio Archives. 
For the night is dark and full of terrors. The night 